Hello, my name is Derek Wheatley and welcome to episode 13 of the Weekly Weekly Podcast. Um, 13 is an interesting number, isn't it? I wonder are like superstitions still kind of a thing with people, with, with, with younger people I suppose, because that whole thing of not walking under a ladder or the black cat or you know there's a whole host of superstitions and 13 is kind of is always a weird one for me because it's just a number you know and and people do seem to have it carries through but i wonder is it a thing with people my age or younger anymore you know um anyway (laughs) i don't know just popped in there um listen thanks for we hit 2000 uh, people um likes on facebook uh, the other night uh so we'd like to thank everybody who liked it who invited their friends to like it um the word got out there we tiptoed our way to 2000 and then the following day we hit another 14 people so that's just one of the way things work but yeah thanks very much for all the likes it's it's really it's it's a little mini milestone for us and we're both delighted about it um congratulations to john on hitting his um target uh for the laura lynn hospice he's he targeted uh 200 euro for the 3000 push-ups he was doing in the month of april and he uh over he actually went over the 230 and um i know he would like me to thank everybody who donated to the the cause and it's it's obviously it's a brilliant um a brilliant achievement by john and he's probably got proper guns now and big shoulders um so he probably only has another couple of hundred to do so Good on you, John. Fair play to you. Um, another thing I wanted to shout out, my friend and friend of the podcast, Calvin Doyle, put out a thing yesterday on his Facebook page. Um, uh, you probably remember, uh, if you, well, hopefully you listened to the, to the episode he did. Uh, he's a graphic designer and he works in um, for his own company and a friend of his studio, great, but they're trying to help out uh, businesses during this kind of tricky time. And the best thing to do would be to contact Calvin because no point in me sitting here and telling you what he is trying to do because he's the man <laughs> to get it done. So if you if you if you need help and you think he can um, give you a hand getting to where you want to be, um, if you're struggling at the moment like everybody is, uh, his contact information is cd at calvindoyle.ie. Uh, give him a shout; he's willing to help you out, and um, you know. This is kind of sticking with the the kind of guy he is. Um, So good on you for doing that kind of stuff, Calvin. Um, A lot of people will benefit from it. And, you know, we appreciate the effort you're putting in. Uh, So this show is going to be based around two or possibly three of my blogs, depending on the time we have. Uh, We had a couple of people ask, uh, could I talk a bit about... Uh, bipolar disorder just to explain what it is to explain what bipolar one and bipolar two uh, um, are and what the difference is between both so i i kind of wanted to to have a little bit of structure around um blog posts that i wrote in the last two years i think it is roughly and i haven't really written any since november because we're going to 
getting the idea of the podcast off the ground and I suppose that was my way of getting out um you know what it is that I what it is people go through I guess and what it is that I've been through so what I'm going to do with it is I'm going to read the the a blog post get stuck into the what bipolar is in general the the medical side of things because obviously as I've said a few times before you all know I'm not a doctor so I can give my opinion and my my uh my experiences but I can't give the the definition of um bipolar and the side effects and the symptoms of it so what I do is I go into you know sites um and the DSM which is you know uh, the, the thing that everybody should go by when it comes to uh mental health uh, diagnoses and and things like that and i and i fill out that and i i don't want it to be i don't want people to, to kind of switch off cuz me it's just me reading out uh, definitions and symptoms of bipolar because it's very important for us to know this kind of stuff if for if we suffer if we go down the road and we suffer from it our f- friends or family members do it's very important that we know what we're dealing with uh, and that goes for any mental health and goes for any physical health um too obviously so i don't want it to be boring so i'll i'll dip in and out of my own uh, personal experiences so the first blog I want to read, it's actually called, um, what I titled it, Bipolar I D- a Diagnosis, and in brackets, Better Late Than Ever. I wrote this on the 18th of se- September um, 2018, so, you know, a year and a half, over a year and a half ago now. Um, so this is the story, and coincidentally, if you listen to last week's show about um, the mental health within Celebrity and Fame... Here comes a little mention of Kanye West again. So, uh, on the front cover of Kanye West's latest album, Ye, I always say that wrong, it reads, I hate being bipolar, it's awesome. He was diagnosed recently at the age of 39. His erratic behaviour over the last couple of years could be put down to the disorder, or maybe not. The album cover statement is the common joke that is used when talking about the condition. Many don't understand the complexity of bipolar disorder, just that there are highs and lows, but there is a lot more between the lines such as the build-up to both and the irritation that goes along with each state. There is uncertainty in both moods and a worry that a higher low could lead you to do something completely out of character and perhaps cause problems for yourself down the line such as spending recklessly, taking risks completely out of character or allowing your inner thoughts to flow out without a filter, without the rationale that allows us to temper what we usually are are sh- sorry temper what we should or should not say to others and then i put in brackets kanye that was um, you know, alluding to his his trump meeting i suppose <laughs> i guess it was there is bipolar 1 and bipolar 2 i fall into the latter category i experience more highs than or sorry i experience more lows than highs i am more comfortable in the lows because i have grown accustomed to their frequency the highs are different i struggle to find ways to get through them I continue to search for answers and to understand the workings of this disorder. The major difference between bipolar 1 and 2 is the severity of the highs and lows. To be diagnosed as bipolar 1, the person must have had at least one manic episode and one major depressive depressive episode, the symptoms of which are too intrusive and obvious that they can no longer be considered normal or go unnoticed by the people around you. 
During the manic episodes, the person will feel immensely excited and energetic. For a diagnosis of bipolar 2, the person must have had at least one depressive episode lasting two weeks and at least one hypomanic, literally meaning under mania or less than mania, episode. To go back to the cannuline, I didn't realise before I researched bipolar disorder that it is possible for someone with bipolar 1 to move between highs and lows a number of times throughout one day. I saw a couple of videos on YouTube where people film the process and they are so hard to watch. I can't imagine how distressing it might be. Those elevated moods are not something you ever get used to. As the lows arrive, I feel them in my energy levels first. I'm far more sluggish when out running or cycling, my body feeling stones heavier. Interest in the things I love starts to go. I still watch films, but they pass by with no mark on my memory. I can't read because I could spend 15 minutes trying to take a couple of pages in, beginning again when I lose the thread of the story. Music can bring the odd glimpse of light, but I was conflicted in what I should listen to. Happy, upbeat tunes and what I wanted to dwell in. Sad, gloomy songs. My anxiety increases and people become aware more of a has... What? <laughs> My anxiety increases and be- people become more of a hassle. I suspect that they think of me the way I think of myself in those moods. Worthless, odd, boring. So I do what I shouldn't do. I cut myself off and sit in the low, waiting for it to lessen or lift. Hypomanic moods on the surface sound more appealing. Energy is increased, so you feel as if you should run more than your 15 kilometers in the morning. You should train more, but if you do not suppress this, you will train yourself into the ground. You feel more creative. You're the next Steinbeck. You just have to sit down and start writing, but how? It is impossible to focus on one thing. You could be reading, watching a film, and listening to music all at the same time. You are restless for something, but you don't know what. Euphoria can come in snatches. I talk way more and a lot faster. It is noticeable to the people who know me best. Your thoughts are moving so fast that you can't keep up with yourself, so how do you expect someone to follow what it is that you are rambling about? The toughest part of sorry, the toughest part for me, though it is though, is the irritability that the mood creates. I want to be nice to everybody, but I fall short when I'm like this. To save any fallout i ignore people and keep my head down which until now has generally gone unexplained to the people who are ignored lithium is the main drug that is used to treat bipolar disorder at the time that i went on lithium i was being treated for a severe depression it was to complement the antidepressant that i was on i started on 600 milligrams went to 800 and i'm now on 1000 my bloods must be checked every three months to make sure I'm within a healthy range and also to see that my liver is functioning normally. So far, I have never been out of that range. The only side effects I had had from lithium are some headaches at the beginning, but they soon passed. I don't know what prompted me to look into bipolar. I knew it was more severe than depression. It, sorry, I knew it was more than severe depression that I had, though. I didn't feel right in a few ways that it could just be depression and anxiety. I didn't even know about bipolar 2 until I looked into the illness. Something clicked. I related to all of the symptoms. I got a notebook and carefully wrote everything out that I wanted to say to the doctor in charge of the mental health uh, facility in Roscommon. I took it to my GP first and he thought it was plausible. He encouraged me to bring it to my next appointment in, in Roscommon. I was excited. I felt I was on, that I was on to something. When I presented my findings, the psychiatrist seemed nonplussed. I had worked my arse off on it, 
built myself up to hand this to someone who knew me quite well and knew I wasn't hoping for anything more than a confirmation of how I felt. He seemed to grudgingly accept that there was something there without giving me an official diagnosis. It was another incident that pushed me away from those every three month appointments. I wouldn't find out that my diagnosis had changed until doctor, my doctor wrote a letter to the people in charge of medical cards on my behalf, stating that I was being treated for bipolar disorder and severe anxiety. The diagnosis didn't change the treatment I was receiving or the medication I was already on, but it did allow me to research the the disorder and find ways to deal with it on my own. It would lead me to find tips online that could and would release me from uncertainty that I felt when a higher low was coming. For the people that I may have ignored or seemed often in my different states, I apologise. Nobody's actions ever put me where I am at any particular point. It is only the disorder. I have an ever-expanding network of support now and I am thankful for every one of you. I will continue to try and expand my knowledge on the disorder and hopefully find more ways of dealing with the moods and the feelings they elicit. There will continue to be jokes about bipolar, which is fine as long as they are not aimed to hurt people. I can find humour in the absurdity of the changing moods and for that I am lucky. High or lower level, I will continue to find a route through the ever-changing landscape. So that was the first blog that I wanted to touch on because obviously it sums up my my short uh, journey from the diagnosis of depression t- through um, the you know the the ways of me I, I'm actually feeling a, a little not uh, not very confident in approaching a, a professional um, on the subject you know it's it's a weird thing to do is to kind of step up and say well you may not have noticed it yet, but this is what I think it is. It kind of takes a, I suppose it takes a little bit of guts, and I and I'm glad I, I did it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about bipolar now, um, and what it is exactly. As I reach down to grab the uh, the other copy, the old two cop two copies on the iPad today, which I'm I'm really making it more and more difficult for myself, but. That's all right too, isn't it? Um, so yeah, sorry, I need to get past this page. This isn't it. So, bipolar disorder is a mental disorder characterized by periods of depression and abnormally elevated moods. Severe elevated mood is known as manic. Lesser severe is hypomanic. Highs. The person feels abnormally energetic, happy or irritable. Impulsive decisions made with little regard for consequences and reduced need for sleep. During periods of depression, the person may experience crying, a negative outlook on life and poor eye contact with others. The risk of suicide is high. Over a period of 20 years, 6% of people died by suicide, while 30-40% engaged in self-harm. That was a study published uh, by Professor Ian Anderson in 2012. It was very hard for me to find a... Um, and one that was updated to that um, with numbers for everything that I covered there, which is kind of strange considering that was obviously eight years ago. While the causes are not clearly understood, both environmental and genetic factors are thought to play a role. Genetic factors account for about 70 to 90% of the risk of developing bipolar. Environmental factors, um, risk factors including a history of childhood abuse and long-term stress. Uh, the condition is classified as bipolar 1 if there has been at least one manic episode with or without depressive episodes 
and as bipolar 2 if there has been at least one hypomanic episode and one major depressive episode like i covered in the blog there um so the signs and symptoms late adolescent and early adulthood are peak years for the onset of the disorder the condition is characterized by intermittent episodes of mania or depression with an absence of symptoms in between physical activity in, is influenced by mood e.g constant i love saying e.g uh, i normally say i.e i don't know why i wrote down e.g there uh, constant fidgeting with uh, mania or slowed movement with depression I think we're all aware of the slowed movement. You know, you can see someone, you can see a depression in someone or a low in someone we may not be used to or so obviously by turns, if you're not used to it, you won't see what the the elevated mood um, creates. So it's kind of a constant fidgeting and things like that. Um, uh, disruption in circadian rhythm and cognition. Uh, mania can present within various levels of euphoria dysphoria which is um, kind of an unease and dissatisfaction and also irritability according to the dsm which i spoke about actually which is the um, what is it uh diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders i think that's what it is uh it's on dsm 5 actually now at the fifth edition you should read the other four because they're great <laughs> no, I'm 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 only only making it a bit of light of a serious subject. It's okay, um. But yeah, they're obviously on the fifth edition because think um mental health, uh, continues to change depending on environments and depending what you know. It's a different world now with with um, you know, twenty four hour news with uh social media with different types of pressures come different mental health and they constantly you have to um update and rewrite disorders to uh to adjust to that you know and and different things like alcoholism was moved into uh, as a mental health disorder um whether i can't remember if it was dsm3 or dsm4 so uh, and these are kind of things that are written every 20 years as well so dsm4 to dsm5 there may be a 20 year gap between it i'm not 100% sure on the uh, the timeline but there's large gaps between it so you can see why um things might need to be updated from it um so yeah sorry according to DSM5 criteria um mania is distinguished from hypomania by length as hypomania is present if elevated mood symptoms are present for at least four consecutive days and mania is present if such symptoms uh, last for more than a week so three or four days between i suppose um so then mania uh range from euphoria to delirium um so uh an increase in energy of psychomotor activities um so like a range of irritabilities is is something that we can spot in people quite quickly and that's not to say that if your brother is a bit cranky one day that he's bipolar because <laughs> what i'm saying really um increased self-esteem or grandiosity may um racing thoughts pressured speech which can be dif- difficult to interpret um decreased need for sleep uh disinhibited social behavior increased goal orient orientated activities and impaired judgment like exhibition of behaviors characterized as impulsive or high risk such as hypersexuality or or excessive spending we hear a lot about that actually when when to- when um bipolar is talked about is like the increased spending and it, it's a real real thing and obviously increased spending you go and you spend all your money 
that adds another kind of pressure, another kind of stress. Um, if untreated, a manic episode usually lasts from three to six months, which is really um, frightening. The onset of a manic, depre- a manic episode or depressive episode is often foreshadowed by sleep disturbances, mood changes, appetite changes, and an increase in anxiety. Can also occur, sorry, can also occur up to three weeks before a manic episode developed develops. So there is a, I suppose, a, a tr- you can trace um, a change in someone for for those three weeks, and hopefully, you're able to get in there before. Um, there's too much damage done um so hypomania overall function may increase during episodes of hypomania people have shown signs of increased creativity while others are irritable or demonstrate poor judgment hypomania may feel good to some people though most feel that the stress of the experience is uncomfortable and or stressful i would fall into that category which i'll talk a little bit about later on Bipolar people who experience hypomania tend to forget the effects of their actions on people around them. Again, I talk about depression as a, as a selfish illness. Um, bipolar, you know, as an ex- is an extension of that too. Uh, when family and friends recognize the mood swings, the individual will often often deny that there is anything wrong. Um, so. This kind of stuff is worth going over for a second time. I have talked about this before, but depressive ep- episodes, we kind of know uh, what to look out for. Um, there's a sadness, which is persistent, irritability or anger, loss of interest in hobbies, excessive or inappropriate guilt, hopelessness, sleep too much or not enough, changes in weight or appetite, um, sorry, changes in weight slash appetite, fatigue, um, problems concentrating, self-loathing or feeling of feelings of worthlessness, uh, thoughts of suicide um, and death. Uh, the earlier age of onset, the more likely the first few episodes are to be are to be depressive. Uh, since since bipolar requires a manic or hypomanic episode, many affected individuals are initially misdiagnosed as having major depression and incorrectly treated with prescribed antidepressants. A bit like I talked about in the blog, the younger you are, it's going to more than likely manifest itself as depression first. And then maybe you'll start to note the increase in irritability, the, you know, the fidgeting and things like that, where it develops into a, whether it's bipolar one or two. Uh, there's also something called mixed affective episodes. So in bipolar, a mixed state is an episode during which symptoms of both mania and depression occur simultaneously. I made a meal of that word. Individuals experience a mixed state may have manic symptoms such as grandiose thoughts while simultaneously experience depressive depression. What? Experience depressive something. I missed the word there. Such as excessive guilt or feeling suicidal. Um. Yeah, sorry, that should be grandiose thoughts while simultaneously experience depressive thoughts such as excessive guilt or feeling suicidal. I'm not going to edit that. As you know me by now, I refuse to do it if I really don't need to. Emotions such as hopelessness are often paired with mood swings or difficulties with impulse control, which lead to a higher risk of suicide. So that is kind of um, bipolar on a very kind of base level but it's good for you to know the base level before you can you know it's better to walk before you can run kind of thing so um 
yeah i'm so next up i'll i'm gonna read a little bit about uh the second blog and get a bit more into my own side of it you know fusion training center monksland at Lone, a place to train in brazilian jiu-jitsu kickboxing martial arts and crossfit a great atmosphere with experienced coaches and a real sense of community if you want to join the team find us on facebook at fusion training center or drop in for a chat fusion training center Train like a warrior. Uh, Martin is in full gear, uh, trying to come up with ideas for when things are lifted or things are relaxed a little bit, and he can hopefully get a few people training here and there. I won't go into what he's what he's thinking about, but uh, there's some good ideas that he's got going on there, and uh, I really look forward to going back in. And like I said to Martin there yesterday, I think um, it would be amazing to just get back excuse me i just drank some water um i ju- to just get back in and just have a bit of crack as well you know the, uh, i do miss uh, jiu jitsu an awful lot but it'll be great to get back in and catch up with the lads and ladies and just enjoy it again so fingers crossed for may may 5th so this is uh this next blog is called this is a low um obviously the clues in the title i wrote it on september 27th uh, 2019 so you know not that long ago really so uh, this is a low i'm way down the middle ground seems far away and those dizzy unsettling highs are hard to even imagine this week has been long i have trained in the gym as in my head i've conjured up the idea that i'm integral to the training of my teammates who are competing this weekend to convince myself into thinking that I was important to their chances in the tournament was enough to get me out of the house for three sessions this week and five last. I haven't ran in almost two weeks, haven't swam in a week and have only cycled to and from training. I haven't been to town at all as, as it seems such hard work to talk to people and my brain has unleashed an idea that somewhere in town lies a danger that needs to be avoided. I haven't been sleeping well so the days are even longer, torturously long. I take knockbacks as so much more. If Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is all I have just now, then I will criticise my lack of progress to the extent that I want to give it up. I was always shit at sports anyway. I can't read unless I want to reread pages over and over as none of it goes in. Films pass the time but but go by and are forgotten. I'm falling in and out of sleep, minutes at a time, partly because of my sleep troubles at night, partly due to the medication that I need to kick back in. I'm busy this weekend at the competition. I'm just there to support. This depression can be relieved in groups. Anxiety has taken a bit of a back step, so I don't feel the nerves about coming somewhere that I don't know. Even during the week, I could kind of feel something different with my training partners. I have to bury myself in distractions and try to remember that what goes around comes around. Tomorrow and Sunday won't feel so long. Hopefully I can then get out for a run on Monday. I know I'm a fighter when it comes to this and the weight that is pressed upon me. Not everyone understands, but people surprise you. Fuck these long days. Fuck them. So that was a kind of, that describes my low to a T um, and where I was at at that, at that moment. Now, I like I said to you before, I, I think lows are a lot easier for us to 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 spot as as humans really um if we see somebody that we know and love and we see that they're going through something 
or if we're going sorry if they're going through a low it's it's it, there's a checklist in our, our in our minds of how to spot that low and like i say depression is one thing and bipolar is a completely different thing so if if someone is diagnosed as depressed you can spot the de- the depression in that person that one i just read out there is clearly m- me at my you know one of my lowest and one of my severe lows and what i was going through i was trying to plow through these things and it's quite difficult to do obviously but I, I i did it i got to that tournament to see my um my friends and training partners and coaches uh you know compete in jiu-jitsu and it was amazing and i did get a bounce from that when i released these um uh, these blog posts to facebook and the, my training partners and my friends saw it there was a huge swell of support from them um and I mean really like, you know, going out of your way to make sure that th- that things were all right or things that, especially when I put out that one, there was a, there was a concern in, in people and it was it was something that did give me a lift. And I know like a lot of people read them um, within the gym. And this was me of that period when I wrote that, which was over a year, I wrote maybe 16, 17 blog posts. That was me really telling people what I was going through. And I had told people knew about my my mental health struggles. Some people did, but that was me just saying to all those people who know me, it's out there now. And you know, if you need to share it with someone, do. If you think like it was almost me saying, if you want to come to me for a chat, do. This this um, podcast is kind of a an extension of that again because we knew it would reach more people uh, when 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 the idea came about to do it and when when I've had various discussions with John about it it's it's one of those things that I wanted to help people to get through things and like I say to you I'm not a doctor I'm not an expert but I'm someone who's been through certain things so I wanted people to understand what it was like for me so that was the low so then the highs for me are are, are obviously I, I dislike them more than the lows because I'm more accustomed to the lows so I'm better at handling it and my my body and my brain has become better at um, taking the, the hit of it as such, the hit of the low and knowing to kind of ride out the storm and then get to the other side and all the other cliches I could use. But the, the highs are, are a different thing which I really haven't got a grasp on yet. I'm still trying to figure out I guess the thing about it is my my the things that I run to when I'm really low I can't run to when I'm high because I can't the first thing that gets hit is the concentration. So if you can imagine you're watching a film and say for example you're watching a film in a group of people, okay? So it's four or five people watching a film and everybody's talking and all you want to do is concentrate in the film. That's that's the concentration levels I have when I'm watching a film in on my own in a room during a high. It's almost like there's a group of people talking. Um, and I don't mean that in the sense of, obviously don't mean that in the sense of schizophrenia, that's a completely different illness. But I do mean in the sense that my mind is racing in four or five different ways. My internal voice, my own voice in my head is telling me, you need to do this, you have to watch out for this, you're going to be anxious when you do this. And all these things are running. They're all running at like at a hundred miles an hour. They're all, you know, there's there's a 
there's a team of Usain Bolts in my head just going each and every way and it goes the same for reading um not so much for music because you can stick music on and it can be a, a minor distraction it can be nothing or it can be something that can take you away somewhere so music is slightly different in that sense but certainly when it comes to 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 reading and to to um watching films now exercise during those times can be quite an easy thing to do but what you can do is you can push it too far and go the other way whereas if you you said i'll go out for my like i'm at the moment i said i'm running 14 kilometers that's my every second day or every third day i'm running 14 kilometers but that's what i'm able to run at the moment because i have a bit of tendonitis in my knee because i'm getting on you know so that's my limit at the minute and my my limit two two years ago was 20 kilometers and i was loving it but if I ran 20 kilometers now, I might do some more damage to my knee than is necessary. Or, you know, I might do, <clears throat> excuse me, I might do something that could damage my running for the next two or three weeks. But when I'm on a high, I don't see that. So I think I'll just do the 20. Sure, look, it's a, it's a, it's a nice round number and I'll just go for that. It's not being able to stop yourself from doing these kind of things. And I know this... This thing about spending, you know, and I talked to someone about this not too long ago who is bipolar one, who has real difficulties with their spending and to the extent where they just blew all their money away. And the amount of stress that that can cause is must be completely shocking. But when I spoke to this person, they said to me, well, no, because what, what it is now, I can't do it anymore because I don't have the money. Now, it's not the way I guess that you know 99 percent of people will look at things as it being stressful but to that person who's bipolar one it's something that is completely relieving to them because they know that they can't do it anymore these kind of things are separate for are different and separate for everyone else because the simple fact is i run and i do i train in jiu-jitsu and whatever so if i'm on a high i can be in there and doing it but I have to know that there's limitations to that. Um, and it's the same goes for for things like, you know, it, this is another thing with, with uh, bipolar highs is sleep problems. Because um, if you're in a high, you're not going to sleep. Trust me, you're not going to sleep more. That's not going to happen. That'll happen during a low, for sure you'll sleep more. But during a high, you will not sleep more. You will, you'll struggle to get to sleep because your brain is constantly, you know, talking to yourself telling you you need to do this you need to do that you're going to be anxiety you're going to have anxiety doing this you lie in bed and you're just it's not going to turn off and it'll only turn off until you completely wear yourself out which is not the way you should be you know running your day-to-day -day life you don't want to um, pound yourself into the ground before you can get some sleep because it's not going to be enough sleep because and trust me when i tell you this you will wake up early because you'll be bang and you'll be back into it. And I wake up early every morning, but I know that hours are taken away and obviously losing sleep can cause its own problems. Um, talking constantly, that's another thing which I noticed when I'm on a high. And look, I guarantee you somewhere down the line I'm going to do a podcast where I'm on a, on a high. And it's going to have to be, I'm not going to avoid it. I'm not going to dodge it. I'm, what I'm going to have to do is come on, 
tell you I'm on a high so you can experience what it's like um for somebody who's who's going through that that um hypomanic mode and you can kind of see that I prob it probably won't be the most um what's the correct word fluent i suppose podcast but it will give an example of what it's like for people to to go through these things um another thing that uh there's like when you are talking and when you're you're you know you're rabbiting on to someone a friend or loved one whoever there is a huge tendency to lose the thread of what you're saying so what happens is you'll be mid-sentence in one thing and bang into the to a completely different subject and a topic and you will the other the person will notice it obviously it's not exactly um subtle so um that's another thing that that for me i i obviously find a lot of problems with um i can be i can be anxious uh, a lot during those times because i know i'm in it and i but i also know that i'm not quite in control of things the way i'd like to be so my anxiety is peaked by that and it's in the sense my anxiety is on full alert that i may make a decision that'll set it off even more um i'm excited a bit more during it as well i'm giddy um and that just comes with the extra energy and everybody knows i have this restless leg syndrome thing and, and my mom has it and my brother has it and uh, you know as so many people have it just when their leg bounces i'll i'll have two going like a, a double double um double bass drum going on there but the excitement will go right through and into the stomach and almost like a, a nervous excited you know tension that you might have about going on your going on your holidays or something do you know what i mean so it's kind of there in in the back of everything i have that uh, on it too um you know you're excited about the future which is something which is strange to when you compare it with the thoughts the thoughts that you have with the uh, depressive episodes that um i think that's an easy thing to to look past like you know i don't i'm not one who just thinks about the future as you know like what i can do people think big when they think about the future they want for things to be big and and um we all want to be successful in life and i don't think in those terms as such anymore because of i suppose the the restrictions that have been put on me with anxiety and things have, have dulled that a little bit but i do think that when when i'm in a high I do have these weird things about thinking big that I'm going to do this and do that and instead of just being happy with what I've got and happy with being able to function under under um I guess uh, different circumstances than a lot of people uh, irritability is another thing and and that's you know Anne will attest to my irritability um probably more than other people who know me because you know we're in each other's pockets a lot of the year um I, i'm sure i've said it before during the winter and 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 you know during the late late all late autumn winter and early spring i sit downstairs with Anne because uh, we have the fire in the front room so it's you know it's nice and cozy i have my book she watches her, her you know tv uh programs and things but i there's a sense of irritability that i get and she knows that she's she puts up with it and she's you know a trooper in that sense but you know like people scraping on plates you know finishing their dinner and stuff and it just drives me mad whereas most days you wouldn't even you know wouldn't pay any mind to it i'd be stuck into a book or something it's it's irrelevant but if i'm trying to read during a high and i can't nothing's going in and all of a sudden there's this plate scraping and the two dogs are jumping around like lunatics and you're just kind of it's all building up and uh 
it's hard to bite the lip sometimes but i try to you know um you know to help with balancing things now i've talked about lithium before and i've talked about how people don't like medication and that they have every right not to like it and every right not to take it if they don't want to i would not have um i would not be coping with things well if i did not have the lithium if i wasn't put on the lithium it was the correct call by the doctor i'm very happy that my doctor is on the ball to me he knows me very well at this stage uh, i'm very happy that they agreed that this was the correct route to go down now like i said i was i was prescribed lithium before the uh, a diagnosis of, of of bipolar because it, it can obviously be um you know it can be given to for major depression major uh, major depressive uh, episodes and things like that it's prescribed but obviously it goes hand in hand with lithium to keep a, a level between those highs and lows i i think it has worked a lot for me like i said i got a few headaches at the start of it but that was it um i'm on a thousand milligrams i do have to get my blood stake and i do they do have to check my thyroid thyroid function my liver functions and things like that it's every three months it's a bit of blood taken it doesn't bother me in the slightest i know it does bother a lot of people and uh, needles but you know that's um that kind of covers what i wanted to talk about with bipolar um i hope the couple of people who wanted me to talk about it i hope that gives you some insight to what it's like um and helps in some way so i had another blog ready to go um but i'm gonna actually push it back to the next the next episode because it's another little topic it's nothing to do with bipolar but i, d- I did want to uh to try and cover it because somebody asked me a bit about it i will push that back to the next episode where we have i think we've got like two or three things to cover and it's going to be slightly i wouldn't say it's going to be slightly less medical i would say so it's going to be a little bit more relaxed but also hopefully um i will learn some stuff from researching because it's it's outside my sphere of of knowledge like a lot of things are so um i got this question off a listener um who shall remain nameless because that's their right um do you think that people can only suffer from anxiety because of a specific trauma that happened to them or is that anxiety always there and the traumatic event just happens to expose it so obviously like i said not a doctor um that's from something isn't it not a doctor uh, anyway i digress uh i did some research and i give my little answer at the end of this so Scientific research has shown that brain chemistry is almost certainly a factor in anxiety disorders. Proof of this can be seen when a person's anxiety is relieved by medication that alters levels of chemicals in the brain. Makes sense. Obviously, life experiences are a massive factor, such as exposure to abuse, violence or poverty, which leaves you vulnerable. Trauma trauma, trauma, Trauma would also fall into this category. I wanted to actually mention uh, Teresa here, who's going to be our next guest on the show. After the podcast, Roy talked about my um, infection after my appendectomy. She pointed out that that was a tra- that was trauma, like a tra- traumatic event. Um, I just saw it as something that happened, and you know it was awful. I was a kid, whatever. But it made sense when she said that that was trauma, and I had and I had suffered from trauma, and that's kind of uh, that incident in my life which is which kind of got me thinking completely differently about the 
the um, the event as a whole. But then this question came in a couple of days later, which is kind of spooky. So maybe I am superstitious. I did a link back to the start of the podcast there, and I didn't even mean to do that, but I'm like delighted with myself. Um, little amuses the stupid, as they say. Anxiety can multiply. So if you have suffered a a, a a a serious trauma in a hospital you may fear hospitals which in turn you may fear the doctors which could be come to people in uniform authority figures and the anxiety builds and spreads like that which you know that's that's how things work obviously in that uh thankfully it didn't go all the way that there for me but it's something that could easily happen to somebody um trauma can expose the anxiety to a huge degree leaving the person with panic attacks a tendency to avoid places and people, and ultimately um, becoming a serious problem um, in somebody's life. Uh, Family history is another factor in the cause of anxiety. Anxiety disorders run in families due mostly to genetics. It is vital that parents observe their children for symptoms um, so they can be treated early. And I I mentioned that in in an earlier episode about you know that thing of of being a nervous child or a nervous baby, even where you notice uh, that they're a lot less, they're a lot uh, jumpier and maybe get more ups, you know, get upset more um, quickly and things like that. And you can see that in in young, um, you, obviously babies, toddlers, but um, young kids in their as they grow into their teens, you can notice it too. So it's obviously something to kind of keep it keep an eye out for. Um, but but to answer the the listener's question, really. Um, uh, it it seems to be a bit of both, uh, to me from from what I've read. Now that's just a summary of of kind of a couple of different places where I read up on this. Um, some people were always destined to suffer with anxiety problems, um, while others are anxious due to a traumatic event. It is highly unlikely that you have anxious traits that have been hidden all along until this traumatic event occurred. So, you know, I'm not going to mention what the the person's um build up to the question was because it's like i said it's not it's not for uh, for me to kind of talk about but if there if there was a you know if there's something that you feel if you look back i look back on my my you know early um years and into my teen teenage years and i can see a tendency me tendency in me for me to be anxious about things and maybe to be to be restless and, and fearful of of certain things so I can tell from that that I was always destined, predestined to be uh, an anxious person and someone who may uh, suffer from anxiety and, and panic attacks and things. Now, if you have had a trauma in your past and you can all from there see the bridge that cr- that you kind of came across into an anxious world or uh, to being an anxious person, then, that, then you're anxiety is um stemmed from your from that trauma and you will have had have panic attacks and and things like that and i hope that you have found whichever way it was for you uh, you have found that kind of history of where you came from you found a way to deal with it you found somebody to help you through it um um you found you know even if you're on medication something that can help that is is helping you um see it that seems to where it it lies from you're either prone to it or the you're either prone to the anxiety or it's being created through an event um 
from from the research that I've done, I'm sure people will be able to contradict me on that and say, well, no, it's it's this and it's that, which is which is fine. But I did I did my best for that kind of uh, question because I wanted to answer it seriously for for the person who who um, who you know messaged uh, the uh, the podcast page. So uh, what have we got on uh, the rest of that? Yeah, um, you know, I get, uh, yeah. May the fifth is such a big date in our minds now, isn't it? It's it's not going to be bam, and we're going to go back to what we what we were doing before it, obviously. But we've all got ex, you know, we've got expectations about it, and we've got we've got our hearts set on on something, getting back to something. And I am the same as everybody else in that sense. I've got my heart set on on someone and got my my mind set on getting back into the gym and getting to see my buddy Josh and getting to see John and Martin and getting you know all these people who I train with every week it's been such a strange time for for all of us to be removed from from people we we love or people we're we're friends I don't love any but <laughs> but uh, no my family I do I mean I mean the gym people no, but I really miss them, the gym people, because they do help with my my mental health. Because we have we have you know a laugh, a good laugh, and and I I miss jujitsu an awful lot. That goes without saying. Um, but my brother, my younger brother, um, Simon, he he, uh, it was my niece's birthday on the twenty fifth of March. My niece Jessica it was her second birthday, and I sent her a little card and and some money in it because I couldn't get her a present and you know obviously so he sent me a video of her opening the card and she she's loved cards she loves cards and she loved it when she was like one uh, when she got her birthday cards when she was one she just opens it and just big smile on her face right and then like when he sent me the video of this this year so obviously her being a year older and she she reads the front of the card you know what obviously <laughs> obviously not being able to read but she she comes with her own little uh with her own little couple of sentences and you know she she saw the money fall out and she was laughed because my brother laughed uh so it was it was gorgeous to see that video and then yesterday it's my it's my my nephew adam's first birthday tomorrow wednesday so when you're listening to this it's today we'll say um so so jessica obviously being two he got his card and he my my brother Simon obviously opened it for him and he's holding the card the money falls out and she's uh she's she's looking at the card she's thrilled because she loves <laughs> she loves the cards you know and the money has fallen on Adam's uh leg so Adam picks up the money and he's just kind of playing with it she spots the money and hands the card to Adam and picks up the money now I was thinking about this yesterday and it's I wonder now Simon will be able to answer this for me I wonder because of the money that in her card which was only three or four weeks ago right because of the money in her card and Simon went oh the money did it click in her brain that the money was more important than the card is that possible is that possible for a two-year-old to happen I'm not sure Simon will tell you she's the most intelligent girl in the world anyway as I'd expect from him to do but did it click in her brain? So when she saw that money in Adam's hand, 
she was like, I'll trade you this card for the money because this is money is more important to me. Um, it was just something that kind of, and it warmed my heart to see it. And you know what's lovely as well? Uh, my um, my other brother who has four kids, they, um, they, two of them, the, the older two, are on uh, Snapchat now. And they they created a little a little um, group with me and uh, me and my brother, and it's called the Uncles. That's the group's called. But you know, to be able to chat with Sophie, uh, she's kind of more active on it than Ava is. Uh, just to kind of, she put up a picture of an eclair. Her man made eclairs, and I just sending her back, like, oh, that looks gorgeous or whatever. And be able to chat with them, I miss the you know obviously miss them an awful lot, not being able to see all all six of my nieces and nephews, but nephews, but. To be able to chat to them is quite, it's quite nice and it's quite strange to see how old they are. And Sophie's the girl who I talked about before who I can trace my uh, my mental health uh, downfall as such to to the time when she was born. So, you know, with each, each passing year, you're kind of going, wow, that, you know, how far have I come on? And I judge it by uh, the, the Sophie scale. You know, so I miss, you know, I miss that and I miss my, you know, not being able to see my dad, not being able to just knock down call down to him or go for lunch with him and stuff like that which is a something we do i miss my mom not coming down she comes down every couple of weeks to see her her grandkids obviously and to see her own kids um and she'd stay out here and we'd have watch a bit something on tv it doesn't matter just sit together watch tv have a chat whatever it is uh so you do miss that kind of stuff but then the the regular day-to-day stuff that i do um Look, when I'm not training, I'm out in the house anyway, watching films and running, and you know, maybe recording this. But I do have the the the, the factor of just having that space fusion, having that uh, group, um, protective group almost. Uh, and that and I that's not to say that it's it's a they're trying to be protective. That's not I mean just in you feel protected by that group because of. All of us are different characters, unique people, but there's a, there's a there's something you know the the age gap between different people as well is so is so um, the, you know Martin is he's got I'm a couple of years on Martin but I'm quite you know I'm fourteen years older than John um you know seven or eight years older than Josh you know even someone like like Azura who's I think Azura is like twenty one maybe. And, you know, we get on so well with her, have great crack with her, talk, I can talk to her about art. Actually, she's a very good artist, and I hope to get a, going to get her to commission her to do a, a piece for the uh, for the podcast corner. Sorry, just dropped my notebook. Um, So, you know, I, I have this, there's this group in there that's just, uh, you can talk to them about anything because everybody's a different character and we have different likes and, and dislikes. So, listen, keep positive about the 5th of May. I hope people didn't mess it up for us uh, when the when the weather was good because that would be s- such a shame. From where we came to where we are now, it'd be it'd be awful to think that a few people's uh, silly actions have have caused us you know another couple of weeks indoors because that's not what we want. We're seeing restrictions lifted across Europe and we want to be in the same boat as them. Um, so you know, I guess I'll wrap it up there. I I kind of went off on one there about my nieces and nephews. I hope you don't mind. It's just you know it was on my mind. Um. Yeah, listen, shout out to John, my podcast partner, for his work and the chats and getting things out there at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday now. That's the time now, 10 a.m. every Wednesday, YouTube and all your podcast platforms. That's where you'll find it. To John's family and Megan, um, 
shout out obviously to uh, thanks to Ger, my mum, my dad and my grandfather uh, listen, subscribe to the YouTube channel the more subscriptions we get the more chance it is to drift into other people's uh, algorithms and recommendations and then we can get some more listeners because it's great to have 2,000 followers on Facebook but we need to increase the listenership too it's been slipping a little bit on YouTube so I'm trying to get it up a bit more uh, the last episode is catching up with the episode before and that would ruin my OCD if it did that um, because it has to be successful success forget that word it has to be climbing <laughs> it has to be climbing uh, consistently um, yeah catch us on Facebook the weekly weekly Instagram weekly the weekly weekly the weekly sorry uh, and Twitter weekly underscore there we're on Spotify Apple Google podcasts breaker overcast pocketcast and radio public listen enjoy yourselves watch some films uh give give the people your your um your socially distancing with a uh, great big hug and know that we'll be out of this soon uh thank thank you so much for listening to this we really appreciate it we're we're kind of blown away by the support that we've gotten uh, a funny thing, I just wanted to mention it before we go. A funny thing is we eked our way to to um, to two thousand likes. My, uh, we have we were on one thousand nine hundred ninety nine, and Joanne stepped in, and sent one of her friends a message to like the page. Thank you, Joanne, for that. That's really appreciated. It's really nice of you to do. Um, we and weirdly enough, we eked our way up to that, and now we've got. Um, 2020 20 people came out of out of nowhere the day after uh, but that's the way things go isn't it um, listen mind yourselves we'll be back next week we'll be back Saturday actually didn't mention Saturday have a listen to last week's Saturday's uh, live it was a bit of crack um, I did an eye test for Teggy <laughs> uh, I played a song and I sang so if you want to put yourself through that go for it um, take care of yourselves anyway all the best. <laughs>